0: Father in heaven, I bow in your presence, dear God, to thank you for this stupendous honor of speaking for you. It is an honor that angels would love to exercise, but it is denied them and given to sinners such as I. And so, Father, as I stand in the consciousness of that honor, I ask you, first of all, dear God, Cleanse me from sin. Wash me thoroughly, Father. Remove every spot, every stain, every defilement that I may stand in this pulpit, dear God, as an instrument that you can use. I pray that your spirit will possess my mind and the self-same spirit will enlighten those who are listening to this message. Please, dear God, because you love us, and for the sake of Christ, come very close. Surround this place with angels that excel in strength, that we may worship in safety. I pray, dear God, not only for us, but wherever your people are worshiping you now, bless them, draw close to them, dear God, and somehow unite our hearts as one. Father, if it pleases you, answer this prayer. I have offered it in Jesus' name. Let God's people say, Amen and Amen. Our subject, a personal God. Genesis 1, we'll read from verse 1. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Genesis 1, reading from verse 1. Have you found that? (laughs) The Bible
1: says...
0: It's amazing how Adventists have lost the ability to find the books of the Bible. Because everything is on a phone, or a screen, or an iPad, or a tablet. And so the need to use the mind to memorize the order of the books no longer exists. Which of you can recite the books from Genesis to Revelation? Which one of you? Come. Come. And then we'll go to Genesis 1.1. Come, my handsome young brother who's not wearing a hat. Come, come. <clears throat> What's your name? Aiden. Aiden is a good name. Aiden, shake my hand. All right. How old are you? Thir-
1: 13. I'm turning 14 in October.
0: October what? Second. Okay. Are you a good boy, Aiden? Say yes. <laughs> All right. Recite Genesis to Revelation. Go ahead.
1: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Daniel, Hosea, Hosea Joel <laughs> Oh, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. 1st Timothy, 2nd Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st Peter, 2nd Peter, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John, Jude, and Revelation.
0: Amen. Amen. Aidan, God bless you. God bless Eden. Aidan, you must be a vegetarian. God bless you, Eden. God bless you. All right. What book did I say? What chapter reading from what verse the bible Bible says in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters and god said let there be light and there was light and god saw the light that it was good and god divided the light from the darkness and god called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day how was the light created what did god say let there be light verse six and god said let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters and god made the firmament And divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament and it was so and God called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day how was the firmament made what did God say let there be a firmament and we can trace this formula all the way down the third day let the earth bring forth grass verse 11 let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven verse 14 let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life verse 20 let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind it is let that let that let that but in verse 26 the Bible says and God said let us make man in our image There's something very personal about Genesis 1.26. Let us, which is not what was explicitly stated on the other days of creation. Something else that was not stated in the creation of light, the firmament, vegetation, sun, moon and stars, fish, birds or the land animals was the statement in our image. Our subject is a personal God let us make man in our image after our likeness now if this is the case and god calls upon us to reason we can reason back from humanity and make some safe conclusions about god i said that clumsily let me say differently the sanctuary on earth was built based on what the heavenly pattern the heavenly sanctuary as a result of that we can examine the earthly sanctuary and draw some reasonable conclusions about the heavenly sanctuary if that sounds reasonable say amen so we can assume that the heavenly sanctuary has the most holy place we can assume that the heavenly sanctuary has the original decalogue are you with me we can reason from the image to the original Amen. now let's apply the same level of thinking or line of thinking to Genesis 1 and God said let us make man in our image now we can look at mankind and draw some conclusions about God they will not be perfect they will not be exhaustive but they will have some degree of reliability what can we learn about mankind mankind is a personal creature are you with me we are personal beings we have personal relationships we're happy we're sad we're glad we're afraid we're anxious this personal side of a human being is part of the image of God therefore we can conclude what that God is a personal God. God cannot create in his image and create an impersonal being that is in his image. Two horses can't produce a cow. A mango tree does not produce, give me fruit. A durian, God forbid. Yes, a mango tree cannot produce a durian. Are you with me? And so, when God made after his kind, if I may use that expression, while God cannot be created, so he did not create us as gods, but created us godlike. Are you with me? And godly. Here's what Enoise says of Lucifer. The faith I live by, page 66, paragraph 2. God made him good and beautiful as near as possible like himself. Now this was a created being. The Bible says, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. So then we can assume that to some degree, a fairly large degree, we were made like God. Genesis forty nine forty five verse 2 Eloite writes man was to bear God's image both in outward resemblance and in character let me say that again man was to bear God's image both in outward resemblance so when Adam came from the hand of God Adam finish my words go on Adam looked like God Now, because of sin, that resemblance has been marred and disturbed and deformed. Adam looked like God. In all precision, not necessarily. Man was to bear God's image, both in outward resemblance and in character. Now, if God is a personal God, and the heavens declare the glory of God, and the whole earth is full of his glory, we should see evidence of that personal side of God. In creation let's go to Genesis 2 our subject a personal God Genesis 2 we shall read from verse 7 it's about 5 after 12 I have potentially 55 minutes left the Bible says blessed are the merciful so I will not take 55 minutes I'll take just as much as I need all right Genesis 2 reading verse 7 Do you have that? You can say it without looking. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Let's examine the chronology of Genesis 2. Verse 7, the Lord God formed man. Verse 2, and the Lord God planted the garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And so we have Adam is made a home is provided especially for him verse 9 and out of the ground caused made the lord god to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for food the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil we have the creation of man verse 7 the garden home of adam verse 8 the fruit tree is the source of food verse 9 we skip 10 to 14 about the four rivers that branch from the main source of water we go to verse 15 and the lord god took the man and put him into the garden of eden to dress it and to keep it verse 7 madam is made verse 8 a garden is made for him verse 9 a source of food verse 15 work verse 16 and 17 and the lord god commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. He gives him restrictions and he gives him the consequences for violating the restriction. By the way, if sinless people needed restrictions, how much more do sinful people need them? And so we review the list. Verse 7, tell me. Verse 8. Verse 9 verse 15 16 17 all right verse 18 and the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone i will make an help meet for him that's companionship verse 19 and out of the ground the lord god formed every beast of the earth and every fowl of the air and brought them unto adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever adam called every living creature that was the name thereof what did god give in verse 19 dominion supervision managerial responsibility oversight not ownership if god had given adam ownership there would have been no need for adam to report to god are you with me But because he was a manager, a supervisor, he had dominion, he had a responsibility to report to his creator. That way, God ensured there would be ongoing fellowship. Now, all these things were put in place, but who is missing? Eve. Now, we're talking about a personal God. God could have made Adam and Eve at the same time. Yes or no? yes why would he make them separately and he dealt with Adam now the Bible does not record everything God told Adam it tells us what we need to know but God interacted with Adam as on on a personal level as an individual without anyone else around let me say it again God made Adam first or by himself interacted with him on a one-to-one level. When that was done, verse 21, Genesis 2, our subject, a personal God. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. Now, a deep sleep. How does the Bible refer to death? Sleep. Sleep. So in some sense... Adam was dead. Notice I said, in some sense, to protect me from theologians who may seek my life at the end of this service. <laughs> in some sense, he was dead. He was removed from the scene. Is that acceptable? Yes. Not just asleep. What does the Bible say? A deep sleep. He was conscious of nothing. And that's death. In that condition, in other words, having removed Adam from the scene... Then God made whom? Eve. Interacted with her on what level? Personal. One-to-one. When he completed his interaction with his daughter, then he did what? Brought them together. For God, the one-to-one interaction, the personal relationship takes precedence over the group relationship. And so if you're waiting for your family to get you to heaven, you're wasting time. You need a relationship with God for yourself. Too many people join the church, but never join Christ. Let me say it again. Too many people join the church and never join Christ. God is a god of one-to-one relationships we must all stand before the judgment seat of christ that every man may give an account of the deeds done in the body according to that which he has done every man individual one by one the man the word man being generic every person god is a personal god he made personal human beings to have personal relationships Now in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 46, paragraph 2, the very first line, Elowite writes, God Himself gave Adam a companion. Keep this in mind, listen again, God Himself gave Adam a companion. Listen to page 46, paragraph 1, Patriarchs and Prophets, after Adam was created, Every living creature was brought to him to receive its name. Listen carefully. He saw that to each had been given a companion. What does that sound similar to? Listen to page 46, paragraph 2, Patriarchs and Prophets. God himself gave Adam a companion. Page 46, paragraph 1. Adam saw that to each animal had been given a companion. Who gave Adam his companion? Quickly, God. Who gave each animal a companion? God. But let's read, listen to the passage microscopically. Well, let's go to the Bible. Genesis 7. Let's read from verse 1 our subject, a personal God. Genesis 7, reading from verse 1. do you have that and the lord said unto noah come thou and all thy house into the ark for thee have i seen righteous before me in this generation listen to verse two of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens go on the and and of beasts that are not clean by to the male and his female, a fowl's also of the air, by sevens the male and the female. Now, let's reread that microscopically. Keeping in mind what we read in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 46, paragraph 1, he saw that to each had been given a companion. Listen to what God tells Noah, verse 2, Genesis 7, our subject of personal God, of every clean beast. Thou shalt take to thee by sevens the male, finish the words, and his female, not the male and his female, not the male and his females. Ah, I'm talking to myself. Are you with me? This is the Bible now. The male... And his female. When God made the animals, God's arrangement was one lion, one lioness. And nobody said amen. Do we have polygamists? <laughs> <laughs> one tiger, one tigress. Amen. One buck, one doe. Amen. One bull, one cow. One stallion, one mare, one whatever, one of the other. Now I don't mean to sound silly, but even for the animals it was monogamy. The animals don't marry, you understand, but it was monogamy, one to one. Now listen to Ellen White, after the creation of Adam, Every living creature was brought to him to receive its name. He saw that to each had been given a companion. By whom? God. But among them, there was not found and helped meet for him. God is a one-to-one God. We see that in the way he constructed the human family. We see that in the animal kingdom. But why would God also apply that to the animal kingdom? Listen to this amazing statement. Uh, Signs of the Times, November 25, 1880, paragraph 21. What did I just say? Well, now that you've spoken in tongues, say it clearly. What did I say? Signs of the times, November 25, 1880, paragraph 21. Animals have a kind of dignity and self-respect akin to that possessed by human beings. The word akin means similar to. Listen again. Animals possess a kind of dignity and self-respect. A kin similar to that possessed by human beings. If that didn't give you a biblical headache, let me give you this quotation. <laughs> Ministry of Healing, page 315, paragraph 3. Our subject, a personal God. The intelligence displayed by many dumb animals approaches so closely to human intelligence that it is a mystery the animals see they hear they love they fear they suffer they use their organs more faithfully than the way many human beings use theirs that's what she's saying let me read that statement again they use their organs much more faithfully than the way many human beings use theirs they manifest sympathy and tenderness towards their companions in suffering. So when one element is suffer- elephant is suffering, other elephants sympathize. Researchers have discovered that. Many animals show an affection for those in charge of them far superior to the affection shown by some human beings, by some of the human race. The quotation ends this way, they form attachments to man that cannot be broken without great suffering to them. That's one good reason to be a vegetarian. She's saying animals mysteriously have a consciousness of who they are. They feel, they hear, they love, they're afraid, they suffer, they form attachments that if broken causes suffering. Now, if animals are made that way, then you can understand why God says now, one for you, one for you. One man, one woman. Mr. Animal, one Miss Animal. A personal God. God is a God of personal, individual relationships. uh, Sometimes I stress this so heavily. I wonder if people think I am speaking against the family. No, I am not. When Christ was on the cross, listen carefully. Mark 14 verse 50 tells us, they all forsook him. And fled. Who was that? The disciples. They left him. So they're gone. Those are his people. They left him. The Bible says in Mark 15 34, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Who left him? The Father for a while. Turn this back. Now, if the Father left, can the Holy Spirit stay? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If the Father left, can the angels stay? No. Christ was in what condition? alone why to save us and so you listen to hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person when he had by himself and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high when he had by himself it was christ and the lost world listen to Christ himself you see this world is one of billions and so you can view the world as one lost intergalactic child are you following me only one you see every planet has a name Psalm 147 verse 4 he telleth the number of the stars he calleth them all by their names which means God has an individual relationship with every star each one. Now, the Milky Way has 400 billion stars, I'm told. And there are, over, are more over 100 billion galaxies. God has given a name to every star. And he calls them by their names. We love to be called by our names. Am I not right? Yes. It's personal. One to one. And so Jesus says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine? What does that tell you? One is lost and he leaves the ninety and nine. Where does the value lie? On the one. And go after that which was lost. What are the next few words? Until he find it reminds me of the words of malcolm x by any means necessary to find one there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 99 righteous persons which need no repentance my brothers and sisters what God desires from the very foundation of his heart is a personal relationship with you that at the very bottom has nothing to do with anybody else. Now, at a higher stage it does because we're all interwoven in the great where of humanity. Yes, love your brother. You know, you can't love God without loving one another. Yes, but at the very foundational level, it is you and God. God is in heaven. We don't know how far that is. But God has promised to dwell with us. That's personal. The Bible says in John fourteen, twenty one, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and we will love him and make our board with him, or manifest myself to him. Verse 23, we will come and make our abode with him. God desires to dwell in you. And so he says to the Israelites in Exodus 25 verse 8, tell me what that verse says. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. But on occasions, God refers to Israel as one person. Listen to this verse. And thou shalt say to Pharaoh thus saith the Lord Israel is my son even my firstborn and I say unto thee let my son go and if thou refuse to let him go I will slay thy son even thy firstborn and so God regards Israel of one person my firstborn son let him go that he and I can have a relationship in the wilderness my brother and my sister god is longing for a personal relationship with you that is not first and foremost attached to the church your family your friends the members of your fraternity or sorority just you and god now if many of us understood that there would be fewer people depending on others to tell them what to do people leaving the church because their friends left Are you with me? They do this because their friends do it. When you understand that your relationship with God is first, foremost, foundationally one-on-one, it matters not what other people do. If what they do is contrary to what your God says. And so I come to church dressed properly because that's what God wants. Even though everyone else in church dresses as though he or she is going to a the market. I study the quarterly. Because that's what my God wants. Even if no one else studies it. You listen to the words of that great leader Joshua. He said, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom he will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house. Listen again. As for me and my house. Now reason with me. Joshua could have said as for my house. Would that have included him? Yes. But he separates himself as an individual. As for me and my house meaning if my wife doesn't follow God finish my words I'll follow God if my children don't follow God I'll follow God if the pastor doesn't follow God I'll follow why because God and I have what a personal relationship that is what qualifies you for God's kingdom a relationship with Christ that is so close That you can't tell where Christ begins and you begin and so Jesus says he that have seen me mm -hmm, that's between Christ and the Father but the relationship between Christ and the Father must be reproduced in the relationship between the believer and Christ Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that when we are what we should be someone should say who is Jesus which one of them one of them there's a story the authenticity of which i cannot verify but it makes a point this uh lady came into town to do some culporter work i believe and she knocked on the door of an old man he came out and he uh, she started to tell him about jesus and he said i know jesus (laughs) lady said what do you mean he lives down the street She said, sir, you're mistaken. Jesus is in heaven. The man said, no, no, if this is the person you just described, he lives down the street. And he was very serious. She said, well, show me. So he took her to the house, knocked, and out came a guy, gray beard, and he said, that's Jesus. Because everything she said about Jesus, that guy demonstrated. And the man said, that's Jesus. Now, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Now, in Christ's humanity, let me be clear, in his humanity, we should be so much like him that in my humanity and in his humanity, you can't tell the difference. One to one. Because we serve a personal God. I was in a Kenya... I got back last thursday last something the 25th did a crusade and uh, this lady decided to be baptized her husband came to the baptism to stop it but god bless her she decided to go on with the baptism because her husband is not her god are you listening to me no you're not for too many wives their god is the husband And for too many husbands, their God is the wife. And for too many parents, their God is the children. And so the children come ahead of God. The children decide if we go to church. The children decide if we sing. Mm -mm. You and I must have one God. And he and we must be like this. I call upon you in the name of this Jesus, develop a personal relationship with God. Yes, he has a church. Yes, he called the disciples. Yes, he said, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one fold and one shepherd. Yes, he said that. But he begins with one person. What is the Elohite quotation from messages young people page 203 paragraph 102 i believe the work of jesus was largely composed of personal interviews he had a faithful regard for the one soul audience this morning or this afternoon how many of you will say lord help me by your spirit the spirit-filled word To develop a personal private relationship with you can I see your right hand do you mean that hands down God gave Pharaoh a dream how many times God gave Pharaoh a dream how many times twice Joseph explained God gave it twice that Pharaoh may know the thing is established of God so God is a God who confirms are you with me let me confirm how many of you will say, Lord, by Your Spirit-filled Word dwelling in my heart, help me to develop a truly serious personal relationship with You? Can I see? You? Stand up with me. You have a lot of time. It's twenty-five to uh, something. Standing quietly. <clears throat> there's someone listening to me you go to church you do not have a one-on-one relationship with christ you've never had it listen again there's someone listening to me you know right here you've been going to church your family Adventist. you may be a vegetarian you do not have a personal private relationship with your savior you don't have it but you're a nice person but today you want to say father let this be the beginning of a personal walk with my savior if that appeal applies to someone and i'm talking to very few of you, you may see your right hand you have not had that personal keep your hand high you haven't had it But you're a nice person. You go to church. I want to pray for you from the foundation of my soul. Would you come? Come quickly. Come. Come. You have not had it. You've had it with the church. But not with Christ as a personal Savior who died for you. Not just the world. By the way, when you read the Bible, read it as though it was written for you. For God so loved me. Put your name in there that he gave his only begotten son for me put your name that if i believe in him i won't perish i will have everlasting life someone else come you have not had and you know you haven't a truly personal relationship with god christ you want today to be day one of that walk with your savior come come anyone has paper Right names? No? Come, sister, come. I want the names because I want the names to pray for you. I won't put them in the newspaper. I have them. I pray for you. Come, get everyone's name, please. Anyone else? I have not had a personal, private, intimate so that every time i need i go to jesus christ whenever something goes wrong i run to jesus christ whenever i have a a joy i run to jesus christ i have not had the instinct of going to jesus haven't had it a private personal intimate relationship with jesus so that you know he's with you even though you can't see him come day one of that walk Somebody else come. And you maintain that walk through study of the word and obedience to the word. Desire of AJ's page 677. L. white writes, It is through the word that Christ abides in his followers. That's why he says in John 15:7, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, that's how he abides. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Are we getting the names? Yes. Anyone else? I give you 60 seconds I'm calling you because you know in your heart you have not had a truly personal relationship with Jesus he's a man who's also God every time you hurt because he's still human Jesus feels the pain Every time you're disappointed because Christ is still human, while he's God, he feels your disappointment. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He goes through what you go through. There's someone in heaven who feels what you feel. He feels it when your husband left you. He felt it when your wife left you. He felt it when your child went off into the world and started taking drugs. He felt it and still feels it because he has this infinite capacity to feel. He says, come to me. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, he never said, come to the church. He said, come to me. Yes, he has a church. He'll take you there. But step one, come to me, all ye that labor. Who is all? Male, female, Asian American, white, black, blue, pink, educated, uneducated, single, married, whatever it is. Come to me, says Jesus. And you can come to Christ right in here. I said 60 seconds, I lost track. Let me start them now. Somebody else come. I'm supposed to end at one, it's 25 to one. Come and say, Lord, this is day one of a serious, personal, private, intimate relationship with Jesus, who is God and man. Christ is human which means he identifies more closely with you than he does with angels ah you didn't hear what i said through his humanity christ identifies more closely with you and with me than he does with angels there is no angel that's full of the holy ghost the promise to us is we can be filled with the holy ghost which is the spirit of christ that's a closeness no angel enjoys Where is christ now on the right hand of the father by faith where are we in christ where does that put us on the right hand of the father in christ no angel enjoys that not even gabriel you and i through christ sit on the right hand 30 seconds lord i want today to be the first day of a personal private intimate walk and relationship with christ anyone else 20 seconds are we getting the names all right 20 seconds let me tell you this god's spirit talks to you and he talks to you and he talks to you and he says stop drinking alcohol If you continue it will capture you in what is called addiction stop and he tells you and he tells you and he tells that young man stop watching those sites if you don't you'll find yourself in a hole that you cannot be dug out of and he tells somebody else stop going to those parties stop going to that casino stop sleeping around the spirit continue stop Stop. one day he'll stop talking stop now come father a one-to-one relationship with a living being jesus christ he is god and he's man he understands me and he understands god anyone else all right let's pray Lord in heaven forgive me if I preach badly in my eagerness there God sometimes I may go overboard so forgive me to the extent I have done that but father I know you know what's in my heart it is for people to come to Jesus as they are with the cigarettes in their pockets with the condoms in their purses with the drugs in their pockets just come as they are and let jesus deliver them let no one deceive himself dear god into thinking let me improve myself a little bit before i come to jesus that is impossible and so father you said in second peter 3 9 the lord is not willing that any should perish if you mean it the god let your spirit work feverishly you've said in first timothy chapter 2 verse 4 you will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth if you meant those words they god and you cannot lie move upon somebody's heart ah god some of us have hearts like the walls of jericho and only a shout from heaven can bring those walls down father i'm going to pause 30 more seconds somebody else come and say i know i need a personal walk with jesus someone else come you know in your heart you need that walk you haven't had it you've had it with the church with your friends not with jesus on a personal private intimate level come 30 seconds come don't stay there trying to be cool there's nothing cool about hell come 25 seconds you're busy trying to make money you have no time for Jesus all the money will simply be firewood in the flames of hell that's all it will be come 20 seconds Lord here I am all I know to do is give my life to you that's all you need to do God will take over from there 15 seconds come father today is day one of a personal private intimate walk with a real person called Jesus who is also God That man who died on the cross was the one who said, let there be light. Ten seconds. Anyone else? It is suicidal to resist a call to come to Christ. You don't come to God where you're going. There's only one alternative, that's the devil. If Christ had not come down in the garden, Adam and Eve would have had no power to leave Satan. My time is up. I continue to pray, Father, I have to end I resume this prayer pleading with you, dear God, to be merciful. As I end the prayer, Father, do not close the door of mercy. Someone is struggling. Someone is so enmeshed in the world, dear God, that it seems almost impossible to come to you. Let that person understand that he or she need only cry out to Jesus. And he will come and bind that strong man called satan and spoil his goods remove from his prison those for whom jesus shed his blood ah god put in us a love for a one-to-one relationship with you now bless everyone who heard your word let your spirit take my meager little effort dear god and perfect it and apply it to the minds of those who meditate on what they've heard during the day thank you for loving us Thank you, dear God, for enabling us to be closer to you than the angels are. Bless every activity for the remainder of this day, I pray. In Jesus' name and for his sake, let God's people say, Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons,